Hello and welcome to the FSF Popcast Live Edition. Hello, kids and cadets, children of all ages. That's me. That's you, yes. Welcome, you fellow nerds, to the FSF Popcast. This is our Live at Five. And for the last six weeks, this is the sixth week, actually, the last five weeks, rather, we have been covering Marvel's Secret Invasion. It releases every Wednesday. We've been coming out, we've been talking about it, we've been having a lot of fun. Uh, but today is the series finale of Marvel's Secret Invasion. And there is so much to talk about. This was kind of a big episode, and uh, we'll get into it in the meat and potatoes of it here in, in just a moment. But so just as a reminder, because we are talking about something that came out today, this is Marvel's Secret Invasion. Uh, that had the wrong episode number on that. You did not notice that. Waves Jedi hand. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so we're going to be talking about things that are actually happened today. If you haven't seen the episode, this is your spoiler warning. So spoiler, 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 spoiler alert. You have been alerted. You have been warned that we are going to talk about things that happened in today's episode, the season finale of Marvel's Secret Invasion. So yes. first first things first, John, before we get into anything else, what was your initial reaction, your first thoughts of today's episode? At first it was, that was quick. Like, it, it seemed like they tried to pack a lot into a very short time. Because they did, they did. <laughs> it was that that episode was that was clicking right along. Yeah. Right, it all seemed rushed. I mean, even the like the last thirty seconds of the show could have been like almost a full episode of its own. Oh, I thought so. I thought I didn't realize that we were ending when it ended. I thought we had that was going to be a little bit more of a step off point and and some story build there. Right, uh, and we'll get into that here in a few minutes as to what exactly we're talking about, but. But yeah, so I had I had many of the same feelings. I thought that it was um, it went quick, but I thought it was action packed. I thought that oh, yeah. for, for the time of what they did use, and I didn't check the actual runtime on today's episode. I didn't check the length. Thirty eight minutes. Was that all it was? Thirty eight minutes. Yeah. Okay. I just know that in watching it, I was like, "Wow, this is going along really quick." And then when it was over, I was like, "Oh, it's already done." Okay. Um. So, yeah. I was a little, I was a little disappointed in that, but I was hoping that it might have lasted longer than it did. Mm -hmm. um, that's your wife. Okay. So anyway, uh, we're not going to read that one audibly. It's bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in danger. Yes, you are. Uh, so yeah, honestly. So speaking of disappointed that people didn't show up. The one, the one thing that I was honestly kind of half expecting in the season finale, I really expected to see a Carol Danvers sighting. Um, at least one of the Marvels. At least one, if not all three, but at least one. And my expectation yeah. was Carol Danvers because of her relationship with Fury. Yeah, the, the only reason I didn't expect it was because I watched the Marvels trailer and I saw she was still off in deep space. But that, that's meta thinking. That supersonic uh, light flight thing that zooms oh, okay. across. The yeah, she could have been here in a couple minutes. Yeah, fair enough. But so yeah, it, it would have been kind of cool to see her or anybody show up. Goose, you got a flirting out there. Ernie's got to go. Ernie's got to go. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I don't have that many tentacles in the house. 
that was the only thing that I was expecting, in all honesty, was I was expecting to see some level of, because, you know, this show, in my opinion, is, you know, from what we're seeing, what we have seen of it, and what we've seen uh, of sneak peeks of the Marvel's movie coming, mm-hmm. is that this looks like it's a launching point going into the movie. So yeah. um, the closest we got was one of the characters, uh, you know, exhibiting a few things. So... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can talk about this here in just a second, but uh, things leading up to it. But I'm gonna throw this picture up on the screen anyway because uh, although we didn't get a Marvel sighting, we did get to see Captain Marvel's powers show up with Super mm-hmm. Gaia. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's talk about what led up to that. Now, when I, I will tell you this, you know, we we were told early on in the series, don't trust anyone, don't trust anything mm-hmm. that you see. But in this episode, I bit into it hardcore that that was actually Nick Fury standing in front of Gravik. Yeah. Yeah, me too at first. Because uh, yeah, guy has told us so well. Oh, yeah. Up into the point where, um, you know, they got put in the, the supers chamber and you got to see that whole list of mm-hmm. all the supers, the, the powers that they were that they were playing with. And and especially because now with the harvest and being in that was a pure harvest. Uh, mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, yeah, I really thought that that was going to be a little more, you know, I, mean, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for here. Uh, but. Yeah. So g- going back to Gaia, impersonating Fury. I, I, I'm a little confused about earlier in the episode when Fury calls his wife. Right. Because, I mean, it looks like Fury, it sounds like Fury, but in the background is the car that Gaia used to get into Russia. Right. So um, was that actually Fury before they split up, or was that Gaia? Or, you know, what do you think? Uh, maybe. I, you know, honestly, I, 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 up until the fact of of seeing this the 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 fight between Gaia and Gravik, mm-hmm. I thought Fury was Fury. Yeah. So everything up to that point, I had written off in my brain as being Nick Fury. The interactions between his, him and his wife, Fury. The yep. interactions, uh, everything else, Fury. Um, and so going to, you know, the uh, the the Russian center and all that, I assumed that that was all Nick Fury. Right. Up until they went into the chamber and yeah. she comes out with, you know, you know, looking like this. Yeah. All I mean, the powers of all, of all of them being super Gaia. Right. Which, I mean, that, that was pretty cool. It's nice to see that many powers thrown around in one fight scene. Now we know where the series budget went. A lot of CGI and that last about 10, 15 minutes. That's why they couldn't have any more extras in the hospital. They had to pay for CG. <laughs> And since they can't just AI the characters into the background yet. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the fight between Gravik and Gaia, I mean, they're both exhibiting all the different powers. You know, you see uh, Gravik, um, uh, he had the ears of abomination. He had, Mm -hmm. had, boy, somebody else's powers too. It it almost looked like he was the rocks of the thing. Korg. He was Korg. Oh, was that Corrigan? That, yeah. that would make sense, actually. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Okay. 
but I was kind of hoping that that was maybe one of the ways that they were introducing uh, Fantastic Four. Like, look, he used his powers. Well, yeah, but jo- Josh Schubert is still talking to us about this. So, uh, you know, obviously they haven't cast the thing yet. Well, yes, because Josh Schubert is going to be the thing, has to be the thing. Hashtag yeah. Schubert's clobbering time. Indeed. So it's entirely possible, Kathleen, that the production company could have afforded more. And did they want to? Probably, but hard to say, really. Disney has been very confusing about what they're going to spend on Marvel and Star Wars as of late. So they're, yeah. they say, they talk about this way and then they go that way. So it's kind of hard to, to figure out. Right. But I did think that the, I wish that they would have made the fight between Gaia and Gravik a little bit longer mm-hmm. um, for the buildup and lead up to that fight. Although it was fun to watch, I thought it was over too soon. Yeah, usually. I mean, you know, um, and for him to be the big bad of the series and all that. I just, I just thought if, you know, for being equal in power, pretty much he went down too soon. He also wasn't used to actually fighting anybody on even footing. Okay. I'll give you that. He he didn't think he would actually have to fight somebody at his level. He was always willing to take, take the cheap shots. Which is why he killed all his underlings. Right. Which when guy is walking in the, the first scroll that she sees when she's walking in, that's the one she recruited in the first episode. Right. So, I mean, th- there was an emotional moment there for not Fury. But, yeah, I mean, w- when somebody's used to fighting, like, just always punching down, when somebody finally punches level at them, it's it's a surprise. Agreed. No, I'll give you that one. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about it from that angle. But, yeah, I just wanted a little bit more out of that fight. Yeah. Then uh, you're ignoring that comment, too. Okay, good. Yep. All yep. right. So. <laughs> we both saw it. That's your wife. That is my wife. That is your wife. All right. So, yeah. So then we're talking about it. So we might as well put it up on the screen. He's dead. Graphic is dead. The big bad. Yep. He's he's 86. So I had kind of wondered throughout the course of this show if he was actually going to make it to the Marvel's movie and be the big bad of that movie. That could have been cool. That's kind of what I thought that this was leading up to. And then once he got all these powers and was a super scroll... You know, after he got the harvest and he was in there, I kind of thought for a minute that because I, again, thinking it was Fury in the in the power chamber with him, mm-hmm. you know, getting microwaved, I thought for sure that uh, you know gra- that Gravik was going to go on uh, and into the the next movie. So, but I'm ignoring that one too, Kathleen. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah so yeah and you know it it could have been cool to save the super scrolls for the fantastic four you know maybe actually use the original super scroll method of sealing those four powers but this was cool i liked it you know some deviation from the original source material and i'm gonna keep talking over kathleen's comments because that's what i do <laughs> just to make Tim laugh and get myself in trouble. Ah, you kids are cute. We try. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so before we get to towards anything towards the end of the episode, because I also want to talk about the end of the episode and what we saw there. Um, what do you, you said you had some thoughts and theories, and I want to know what those thoughts and theories are. Okay, which thoughts and theories? 
you said that you liked in, in our pre-show, <laughs> you had likened what happened today to the 1980s movie, wonderful movie called Spies Like Us. Okay, so that was this morning before I'd like had a chance to think about it. I had come fresh off watching the episode, and I was annoyed with how short it was, with how I don't know, it didn't feel like a, a solid ending, you know? Okay. Felt like this could have just been a series of, you know, post and mid-credit scenes for the last few years. You know, what, what was the show for? It ended kind of, I mean, Fury didn't really do anything. He came down from space. He went back up to space. The scrolls are still here. You know, if anything, he kind of made it worse because instead of just being one centralized group of, you know, he, they, they fragmented and now there's fighting all across the planet. I mean, it's Indiana Jones and Raiders of Lost Ark all over again. Um, but th then I realized as I'm scrolling through Reddit uh, on my lunch break with the everybody's complaining about this and how bad the story seems and they're all blaming the writers. They're saying how bad the writing on this show is. And I don't think it was bad writing. I think it was bad editing. I thought it was written very well. Yeah. But so many people are jumping on how bad the story was that there are all these loose ends. And and on some level, my, my tinfoil hat, like aluminum foil hat, because we're cheap, um, like <laughs> Kathleen just said, is that Disney kind of edited this in a certain way to make the writing look a little worse than it was for their own reasons. Maybe. Hard to say. They knew what was coming up. I mean, yeah. there was an actors and writers strike coming. So, but I mean, because like I said a few minutes ago, the, the last 30 seconds could have been like half an episode with all the uprising against scrolls and political leaders and all of those shenanigans happening on live TV. Right, the president's uh, attack on the scrolls and how that how that really flamed, you know, uh, yeah. or fanned the flames rather of what was going right. on and really kind of a, a political social commentary on our world today. When one guy yeah. says this, you know, the leader of whatever, uh, all the people who listen to him go, you know, and do that thing, and you know, we've seen how that's happened and played out in real life. Right. Although I, I thought the line about it being a one-term presidency now ties in nicely to uh, Harrison Ford coming in. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So so that's just setting up that transition. That's great. I love that. Yeah. I did think that th I'm going to show this last the our last slide for today, but this one this scene here where Sonia's talking with Gaia and talking about the team up between her and uh, you know, her her mm -hmm. people and and Gaia. I kind of wanted I was kind of hoping that they would talk about that a little more. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, well, it, it's, you know, you're going to use me and I'm going to use you and we're, we'll use each other. And, you know, it's going to work out for everybody. And that it, it just kind of, it was done. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. It, can, can I just say Sony is my favorite character to come out of the post endgame MCU? Oh, she's freaking amazing. I absolutely love her. She's on that fine line of if she says or does the wrong thing to the wrong person, we're going to hate her forever. But she is fabulous. She is probably the best. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, she, she's a terrible person, but she does it so well. It's just fantastic about it. You I know? think I said it last episode. I think I called it sassy sarcasm. And she's yes. just, she's just, she just grabs it and goes with it. And I, and I love that. I know. She, she's the, 
my absolute favorite sassy pink clad British woman in film and television. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh, an amazing character. And I'm hoping that as we move forward with the, you know, this next phase in the MCU that we see more mm-hmm. of her in different roles and different things, not different roles, but you know, in different movies, you know, the same character doing the same thing, but interacting with Fury and helping Fury in different ways because, you know, he goes back up to Saber and, yeah. you know, yeah, he, he just went back. But I mean, at least he took his wife with him this time. He should be in a little less trouble. He should be. Should be. He should be. Maybe. But as you're about to find out, you know, that could happen very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's let's talk overall thoughts of the series and where do you think this goes from here? Um overall thoughts is this is a, a great way of tying Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel and uh, WandaVision to the upcoming Marvel's movie, I think. It, it kind of fills in those gaps. I will shave my head. Yes. Um, right. Because I mean, we, we've seen some shows that tried to transition between different projects not so successfully, you know, in, in other mm-hmm. franchises. Um, but I think this did a pretty good job of explaining why things had moved in the direction they have. Yeah. I think it's, it's a good transition show for sure. Yeah. 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 I, I saw it as a transition show. I, I saw it as a setup show. I saw it as, as um, you know, because they had to have a way, I mean, even though at the end of, of the Ms. Marvel series, you know, we see Carol there, mm-hmm. but really wasn't explained how Carol got there. You know, just kind of, there was just kind of that change that happened there. Right. Um, and so what I thought was, is that this show did a good job of, of bringing us to the point where now we need to see what happens because Fury has set it back up into place for this to happen. And, you know, and for the, you know, with the scrolls and, and everything else and, I'm very curious to see what, where Gaia, in fact, where Super Gaia fits into all of this. Because, quite frankly, Gaia could be the most powerful person in the MCU. Oh, yeah. It's going to be hard for me to see somebody who could rival her strengths and what she can do. Because she's got, she's got a hot mess concoction of everyone inside of her. She's got Thanos and Abomination and... Captain America and Captain Marvel. Yeah, absolutely. And that her using Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel's powers to take out Gravik was cool. Was really cool. You know, <laughs> I was and, like, oh, that's smart. Shooting through the stomach. All right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, sure, you can use Extremis to heal, you know, a bullet wound to the cheek, but somebody blowing out your spine and your abdomen and most of your organs, you're not going to bounce back from that. that. That's a one way ticket to uh, Tombstone Town. Oh yeah. So yeah, I yeah, that was the one part about the fight where I was like, ooh. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm very curious to see what happens with her and where they take her character from here. You know, does she go into hiding? Does she uh you know just come out and live as a scroll because she's a super scroll, she can do whatever she wants. And frankly, you know, you're gonna have a hard time killing her with just bullets and, and things. So yeah. And what 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 goes on with her from here? So yeah. And how's Sonya going to use her? Yes. Because now she has all the DNA. You know. Yeah. Yeah. How are they going to work together? 
now my and the one question that I, I do have about the you know because I don't think this is a writing issue. I think mm-hmm. this again. I'll agree with you. I think it's an editing issue. The fury that we saw at the last episode, getting the um the uh, harvest, yeah, was that fury? And if so, how did the harvest go from fury to Gaia? We saw no handoff, no changeover. We don't even know how those two everybody's working together. You know, in this instance. But if we saw that handoff, we saw that exchange, it would have given away the twist of that being Gaia. No, no, and I and I oh. get that. Yeah. But we also don't know how they, you know, there should have been some. I, not that I need to have everything set out on a silver platter in front of right. me. It's but be- I do think that it, it does create a bit of a, a, a gap in the story when you have, you know, this person going off and doing this thing and this other crew going off and doing this thing. And ostensibly, they're working together, but we're not being shown how. You know, so like I said, I don't have to have it all laid out in a silver platter for right. me. But on the other hand, I'd kind of like to see some loose connection, even mm-hmm. if after it was all said and done, it was a back. It was, you know, like a, a backflash. Right. Know? So, yeah, because like, you know, a good heist movie, they, they don't show you all the planning necessarily. They just show you the heist happen and then how they did it. Correct. And that's kind of what I was hoping for, because this whole this whole series, I've seen it as uh, a spy thriller, as yeah. as, you know, something that uh, very much not a superhero type deal until the right. last, you know, 15, 20 minutes of this episode. Then it became very superhero very quickly. Oh, yeah. um, so I was kind of hoping that somewhere in between the end of the spy thriller scene feel and into the superhero feel somewhere in that that neighborhood that's where i was hoping for the revelation of hey this is how gaia got the harvest from fury and this is how they set their plan in action for sonya and fury to go here and and gaia to go here as fury and and all these things but i can live without knowing i suppose it'll only mostly drive me insane right so the thing that's driving me insane is roadie because he had trouble walking when, right. How would nobody pick up on the fact that he was walking fine throughout the whole series? Well, because, I mean, when we see him after Civil War, you know, those few times, he's had help from, you know, Stark technology. He's had right. physical therapy. But, he races all the time. Right. But in this one, the gown he's wearing is very similar to the one that he went into the MRI in, in um, at the end of Civil <laughs> War. Right. So how long has he been missing? You know, so I'm thinking pretty much since then, maybe, which then means that wasn't really him at Tony's funeral. It puts into a lot of questions at some of the stuff. Yeah. It makes you think back to a lot of things. Yeah, for sure. Really okay. does. Yeah. So his, uh, his conversation with Nebula about how she wishes that she could be different than she is. And he's like, me too. Well, okay. Was that Rody or was that Scrody? You know? Good question. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch everything now with the, is this a scroll? Right. No. All right. Okay. So uh, entire series, looking back over it on a scale of one to five, how many stars are you given? I'm going to give it four. Okay. Uh, It would be five, but the ending just felt kind of rushed and crammed together to me. So, but definitely a solid watch. I was going to give it three and three quarters. Okay. So, uh, so I don't think we're too far apart. I think we have some of the 
uh, same feelings. I think we have some of the same frustrations. I think so. You know, uh, but overall, I think it's a solid watch and I think it sets up things nicely. In fact, probably right before I go to the theaters to see the Marvel's movie, I'm probably going to sit down and watch this series over again. So, yeah, I think it'd be a solid watch and probably a darn good idea. So I agree. All right. Well, very cool guys. Hey, that has been our review of secret invasion. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, We'll probably be coming back to you next week with another next few weeks, actually, with a couple more live at fives going back to our our typical top five uh, programming uh, up until, well, Ahsoka comes out at the end of next month with a two episode release on August 23rd. And I am so stinking excited about that. It's not even funny. So, uh, but yeah, so if you're wondering where you can find the FSF podcast and the rest of our locations, we are, of course, here on YouTube. If you haven't already, please click click like and subscribe. Help us to continue to grow. Help us to get some amazing guests for you guys to be able to enjoy and uh, listen to. But you can also find us on all your favorite audio podcast providers, such as shown on the screen, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, and many others. And of course, as you see in the banner, tick-tocking across the bottom of the screen, you can find us on Patreon. And uh, we've got... I added 15 minutes of bonus uh, clips and some information yesterday. We've got a new episode coming for our Stargate review very shortly. So you guys are going to want to check that out as well. There's a lot of cool stuff coming. And uh, last Friday on our show, uh, we released our interview with the writer of Sharknado 1 through 4, Thunder Levin. And I had an amazing chat with him. Uh, We talked about how he got into science fiction the importance of Star Wars and Star Trek on his love for science fiction, and even why writing Sharknado was a good idea. It's a pretty cool conversation, and uh, Thunder is an awesome, awesome dude. Uh, This Friday, however, uh, you can watch or listen to, either way you want to go, our interview with F.J. DeSanto, who is the executive producer of a lot of the uh, Transformers uh, uh, miniseries that have come out over the last four years, like uh, War for Cybertron, Power of the Primes, and a few others. And he is also a massive Star Wars fan with a, a uh, trivia level that's pretty impressive. So yeah, so you, you might want to check that out if you're a fan of Star Wars and if you're a fan of Transformers. And you don't have to wait until Friday. You can get that episode on our Patreon page right now for as little as $3 a month. So go check that out. John, thanks for your help on this, and thanks for doing these these Live at Fives. Uh, It's been a lot of fun, man. It has. Looking forward to Ahsoka, too. Absolutely. We'll pick that up here uh, in just a couple weeks. So, yeah. All right, guys. We're going to get out of here, get out of this in under 30 minutes. That's almost a record. So... We were were almost going to, you know, do the same runtime as as the show today in our review, but you know, we skimped on it a little bit. It'll be fine. Yeah. So. All right, guys. Thanks so much for watching. Remember click like, and subscribe. Goodbye. Bye. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of the FSF podcast, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please contact us by means of Twitter or Instagram using the handle at FSF podcast, or go to www.fsfpodcast.com and click on the contact. Thanks again. And hope you enjoyed the episode.